This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 310. Hey there, Veg Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a compassionate plant-based lifestyle. I am one of your hosts, Vicki. And this is Larissa. In this episode of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, we talk to Lindsay White of chickensmatter.org. She's also a member of our closed Facebook group, The Peas and Carrots. What up, guys? <laughs> Lindsay tells her story of moving from a farmer to a chicken rescuer. We're going to get to know some of her rescues. You heard one, actually, in the intro, <laughs> who helped me introduce the show, and talk to her about her organization, chickensmatter.org. Incident- incidentally, this month is also International Respect for Chickens Month, and we think this interview with Lindsay is a great way to cap off the month. Absolutely, I had such a good. Uh, I had I had such a good fun with it. <laughs> I had such a good time recording this episode. Yeah, and uh, you know we wanted to call attention to. You might have noticed if you sounded if if you heard a little bit of a difference in our introduction uh, that I've said for three hundred and ten episodes <laughs> now. It actually took me some time to practice this because we changed it a little bit, and that is, uh, you may have noticed in our in our intro where I say. To share tips for living a, it used to be healthier plant-based lifestyle. It's not that we don't want health anymore, but we changed this to compassionate plant-based lifestyle because we feel that more captures what we're trying to accomplish by giving you guys resources that just aren't related to nutrition and health, although there's some of that in there too. (laughs) But uh, we want to talk about different things such as cruelty-free products. We want to talk about different resources like chicken mat- chickensmatter.org, just different things that go that are all around a uh, plant-based lifestyle, compassionate plant-based lifestyle, not just food. Food is a big one. Well, but- right. And well, and one could argue that uh, compassion extends to uh, nutrition for yourself as well. So mm-hmm. health and you know, taking care of your health is a form of self-compassion. That is a very good point. All right. Okay. Uh, we also have a new rating to share with you guys today. Yes, we do. Da, 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 da. So this is from Cats and Carrots. I love it. Cats and Carrots. So Cats and Carrots says, I found my people. This podcast is terrific. I am a relatively new listener and now I can't stop listening. I have been a vegetarian for years now and still face the what about protein or uh, why questions, (laughs) not to mention the sideways glances. It's so nice to have found like-minded people who share interesting, useful resources and tips in support of what is a personal choice. Vicky and Larissa, you rock. Keep it up, ladies, and thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much much cats and carrots that is an awesome name and i was going to mention as well we are running a little bit low on reviews we always read our Uh five star reviews on the show so if you haven't headed out to itunes yet and left us a review we would greatly appreciate it because we love it it motivates us it helps people find it find us and we read it on the show that's right all right before we get into our interview with Lindsay. Today's episode is being brought to you by NewZest, a best-selling vegetable protein in New Zealand that is now available in the USA. NewZest is a clean, lean, complete vegetable protein that contains all nine amino acids. It's gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, non-GMO, and vegan. NewZest has a special deal just for our listeners, so be sure to stay tuned to learn more. Awesome. All right. 
So without further ado, let's get into our interview with Lindsay White. Well, welcome to the show, Lindsay. Hello. Welcome. We're so excited you're here. Yes. Thank and, you. And so you are also a member of our Peas and Carrots, right? I am. Awesome. Yes. That is awesome. How are you liking the group? I love it. I love the um, open-mindedness of the group. I, I got to tell you, every time, I mean, we get people coming in, that's one of the first things they comment on. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's really cool. And we really appreciate it because, I mean, it's all the people that make it up, really. I mean, we, we, can, we can take credit for just opening the doors, but it's all the people that come in that make that group what it is. So thank you for being part of that group. And we're excited to get to know you a little bit more. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I live in the boonies in Florida <laughs> and <laughs> I um, rescue chickens basically almost full time, but I also am a mom and bonus mom of seven children. Wow. And we um, spend our time saving chickens and now recently ducks. Awesome. Wow. That's so, and that's so exciting for us because, you know, we go to the duck pond with the dogs just about every day. And, and right now it's, it's spring. So, Oh, there's probably, I don't know, Vicki, 50 or 60 ducklings and, and kind of teenagers, you know, running around right. ducks. All and so ages. I know how important that is. Yeah. So how did you get into rescuing chickens? And about when well, did you get into rescuing chickens? Um, 2000 and early 2017. And, and this is like kind of an important thing to mention. But before I rescued chickens, I actually uh, was in ranching for about 26 years. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm much older than that. But that's how many years I was in ranching. <laughs> and, and uh, I um, basically, you know, kind of like was most of the American population and uh, thought that it was okay as long as you did thing, things ethically to, you know, like kind of homestead and, and process your own animals and things like that. And um, it was crazy. I, I got two rescues in named Lucy and Ethel in early 2017. And then after that, our entire dynamic in our family shifted and we realized how absolutely neglected and misunderstood these birds are and how absolutely ignorant I may have been. And I ended up going from being a former rancher to rescuing these birds and going vegetarian <laughs> and not eating meat anymore. That's, That's awesome. awesome. All because of Lucy and Ethel. Yeah. yeah. How, did you, how did you get them? Where did they come from? Um, someone, I had already had chickens, sadly at the time, because I was homesteading, you know, I had already had chickens for um, other purposes. Mm -hmm. And someone that I'm friends with had found them and mm -hmm. had given them to us. And they were really sick. And they were so like, I thought they were going to die. And it was the first time that I'd ever looked at a chicken that way and been like, holy crap, you know? Um, and I uh, had to like get them better and get them through their recovery process. They had upper respiratory infections really bad. And I was literally putting them in crates and putting blankets over them and running like an oil diffuser and stuff to like save them. And um, once, yeah, once I got them better, you know, the more time I spent with them, the more I realized that, wow, these birds are so smart. In fact, Ethel, who has passed away since then, um, about a year ago, but Ethel would like get in my kids, uh, you know, those remote control vehicles they sit in and like drive around. She would like ride with the kids in it. Like she just loved <laughs> to like go places and do things and like get in your car, or get in the kids like bicycles and stuff. Oh. Um, 
yeah so basically that that was it for me at that point and i just like did a complete 180 yeah what, what's the biggest and that's that kind of goes into what i was going to ask you next what's the biggest misconception people have about chickens because quite honestly i don't know a lot about them no. um and, and you know what we hear all the time is that chickens are stupid yes yeah. uh yeah people uh, there's two big misconceptions that are made regularly and a lot of it comes from the meat industry to kind of get you to stop sympathizing with them mm -hmm. um that they're stupid and that they don't feel pain the same way that other animals do and that is absolutely not true well that's just stupid um, yeah it is it's it's ridiculous but um in fact if you go and you know google like um those kind of uh topics a lot of the meat industry wants you to believe that these birds do not feel pain the same way so that it's completely okay for them to like you know live in battery cages their whole lives or you know like mm -hmm. i mean it's just basically how they justify um the things that they do to them because they are statistically the most abused farm animal on the planet wow yeah that really is what i had heard as well um so yeah when you started talking to us about you know we talked a little bit before we started recording and right. you were telling us about some of the personalities you know that they have i thought wow that is that is uh that's something you just don't hear you know right so, well yeah and, and i mean if you look and you like kind of investigate and find like small uh families who have like a few pet chickens you'll see the same thing where they're like they become family mm -hmm. they're so smart like right now i have a rooster sitting on my kitchen or my bathroom sink mm -hmm. um and yeah. they're you know i have some that knock on my front door if i don't feed them on time <laughs> i have some that jump in my truck and try to like hitch rides with me everywhere oh, so funny. um yeah how long do chickens live typically if they're if they're raised in uh I, I know the ones that you get are really in bad shape a lot of times but a, a chicken that is raised and just let to do its own thing how what's the lifespan of of a healthy chicken um the lifespan could be up to 10 years you know they're a 10-year commitment and you know and that's what i tell people too that want to get um baby chicks or ducks for their kids or whatever as a pet and then they get older and they realize they don't want them anymore yeah um they're a 10-year commitment if you care for them properly. Now, of course, there's predators and there's other issues um, that you could be, you know, like that could happen. But like usually most people who get pet chickens anyway, keep them in pretty isolated. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, they're a 10 year commitment. Wow. wow. So, so oh, tell us. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ruth. <laughs> I was going to say, um, kind of walk us through a tip because I know you rescue chickens and you sometimes people bring them to you and sometimes you go and and proactively go and and get them so can you walk us through kind of a typical call or kind of an interaction with when you have a, a rescue sure okay so um nine times out of ten people contact me through the website which is chickensmatter.org and they'll tell me something like like for instance i think it was two weeks ago I got a call or an email actually of a woman who said that someone had dumped a hen off at a busy intersection in like a very busy part of like Orlando area, oh. um, which as most people know, anywhere in Florida is usually pretty crazy, like in the city areas. Right. And um, yeah, so she was out there and she was at a busy intersection and I went out there and I actually brought Chatty Kathy, which is my go-to hen for that kind of thing because you certainly can't not hear her so i 
brought her and she's like a dog and she follows me everywhere. And I used her to lure the other pin close to me and I jumped in a bush and I caught it. <laughs> um, and, and I brought her home. And um, the other scenario is that I try, I, it took me a few years because a lot of the factory farms and the production farms will not deal with the rescue because of political issues. And I never mention any names of them, but what I will say is that it took me a couple of years of building relationships um, with some of these farmers. And I know that sounds counterproductive, but at the end of the day, if I can get in there and get those birds out, then mm -hmm. I did the right thing. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's um, uh, in the egg industry, what happens is they are bred specifically to lay in mass production. And when they slow down, then they go to slaughter. Mm. So what I tried to do is go in and pull the hens and bring them home because they still lay eggs and they're still a good pet. They're just not up to factory standard, if that makes sense. And so I feel like, you know, they work their whole lives for people and then people turn around and put them down. So my mission is to try to like get them out of that and at least give them an opportunity to be adopted. Right. So, so, uh, you know, when, when they've reached the end of their uh, usefulness to the factory farmers, you said, you mentioned that they send them to slaughter now and they get paid for that. Right. So they have the, they do. So yeah, do you end up, do you end up paying them to, so that they don't do that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of the time, um, well, actually all the time, um, they will tell me they want like $7 a bird or $10 wow. a bird because that's what they'll get at the auction or that's what they'll get at the slaughterhouse for wow. the bird. Yeah. So I usually, um, sometimes I petition to get help and sometimes my husband and I pay for it out of our own pocket. Wow. That's amazing. You know, I think what's amazing too is what you said, and, and this kind of really resonates with our vibe here at Vegetarian Zen, where you were saying, you know, sometimes you have to be strategic about how you approach, because even though I'm sure it angers you, there are certain things that probably really anger you that, you know, yes. with respect to how <laughs> the chickens are being treated. I mean, it would take everything in me, I'm sure, to not go up into some of these folks' face and just start screaming at them. And, you know, what you said was, you really have to be smart about how you approach this or you, nobody wins, right? Nobody right. Wins. The chickens don't win and you certainly wouldn't win anything by just trying to shame them into giving you the chickens. So Exactly. Right. I think what I said was uh, you can't like walk onto a farm and be like, hey, you're a jerk. Give me all your birds. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't work that right. That's you know, like, and, and it's really, um, it is difficult because I've literally gone by myself with my toddler um, she has autism, so she's with me all the time. I can't put her in daycare or anything. And um, I have gone, and they've been so rude to me that I literally have to run around in the mud and catch these birds and load mm. them up by myself. But with that being said, if you really want to help an animal, sometimes, you know, you have to do what you feel like you, you can, like in your heart, you could be against everything that they stand for, but mm -hmm. you have to kind of be at their level to get them to trust you to even get the animal out of there in the first place. And these tactics of violence or threats or, you know, all this stuff that I see in the vegan community, especially, and I've been a target of it as well. 
Um, but you, you have to like kind of be the bigger person because at the end of the day, you can sit behind a keyboard all day long and say, Oh, I'm helping animals by screaming at people. But mm -hmm. when you're like me and you're out there doing it every day, you have to like make a relationship with these people. God, that is so well put. One of the things we talk about is we were by no means advocating complacency, but what you do is by no means complacent. I mean, it is, right. you have to, in fact, I think there's a certain amount of discipline that comes into not just acting on your emotion and just saying, I just want to yell at these people. You know, I go into, right. I know sometimes I go into these, um, you know, I belong to some vegan communities and vegetarian communities on Facebook and stuff just to kind of see what's going on. But sometimes people just yell at each other that you just made somebody not even want to, not even want to consider being part of this group anymore. So congratulations, right. you just chase them out. You know, it's like, well, I, I find that they're, there's literally seems to be like this uh, holier than thou kind of thing, you know, yeah. like I'm more vegany than you're vegany. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, yeah. it's silly. And it, it's so people beating their chests. Nothing gets people yeah. beating their chests. So like something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's so counterproductive to what the cause should be, which is to make people more compassionate about animals and especially animals like chickens who to most people don't matter. Right. Right. All right, guys, let's sneak in a quick break here just to talk about our sponsor. This episode is being brought to you by New Zest Clean Lean Protein, a best-selling vegan protein powder. Their Clean Lean Protein was voted the number one vegan protein for 2018 and 2019 by VeryWellFit.com, and it also made Health Magazine's list of top 10 vegan proteins. Now, Larissa and I had the privilege of talking to New Zest USA CEO Jonathan Edwards about the company, its mission, and its products. And a few things really stood out to Larissa and I when we talked to Jonathan. First of all, quality-wise. New Zest Pea Protein is made from the finest European quality golden pea sourced in northern France. Nutrition-wise, not only is it high in protein, with 19 to 21 grams of protein per 25 gram serving, just depending on the flavor, it's also low in calories and contains no added sugar and nothing artificial. So what that means is there's no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, no GMOs, sweeteners, or any of that other bad stuff. New Zest does not contain stevia. It's sweetened only by the extract from a West African fruit known as the contempe fruit. And last, but certainly not least, it tastes great. There's none of that chalkiness or grittiness that you can sometimes taste when you uh, drink a, let's say, a smoothie with some of the protein powder added to it. Newzest was kind enough to offer a special deal to our vegetarian zen community. If you head out to newzest.us forward slash vegetarian zen, you can... Try a four-pack of single servings in each flavor for $9.99 plus free shipping. The flavors included are rich chocolate, which I tried, yummy, smooth vanilla, which I tried, yummy, wild strawberry, and real coffee, which I didn't try, but they sound very yummy. So again, if you head out to newzest.us forward slash vegetarian zen, you will see that offer. There will also be a link in the show notes. Special thanks to Newzest for being kind enough to make this offer to our community. And now back to the show. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. That was awesome. That, that was, was so perfect. perfect. You should not edit that out. <laughs> perfect segue into what I was just going to ask. That's Forrest Gump. Gump. And that's Forrest Gump. So uh, that's a perfect segue into uh, my next question, which is uh, to tell us about some of the... <laughs> 
<laughs> I might have to put him about in another the room. No, he's fine. About the chickens that you have on your, uh, the, that you have in your uh, family. Um, sure. So Forrest Gump, obviously, um, he is a game rooster, which I'm sure everybody's heard that term before. And um, he has neurological injuries. I picked him up with a bunch of other game birds. This had to have been like months ago. Um, and uh, he is actually best friends to our very popular bat baby on Instagram, <laughs> who is another rescue who's about eight weeks old. And the two of them are like inseparable. So by and game, then, by game, you mean uh, fighting, right? He is a fighting bread bird. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, um, and, and I will tell you that that's not, it's, you know, it's a little different with, with roosters. So I have to manage those birds a little bit differently because they are genetically predisposed to fight. <laughs> and you're going to have to go out on the back porch. But, um, but yeah, so they're genetically predisposed to fight. And um, because of that, you have to be super careful about separating them from other males. Now, they're fine with babies. They're actually wonderful with babies. Um, and they're wonderful with females. But they're not so nice when it comes to other males. So um, they, but, and they're good with people. Like, they, they won't attack people. They're, like, super friendly. But they're definitely a trickier bird to own. And I think a lot of people get them because they're so pretty. And then they realize, you know, that this might have been a bad idea. <laughs> so, because um, they try to, like, mix them in with um, their, you know, existing flock. And then they realize quickly that you, there's really not much you can do to curb the way that they behave, mm. if that makes right. sense. Right. So how... Let's talk a little bit about, I, I remember a post in the Peas and Carrots where <laughs> he, wants, he really wants to be part of the show. <laughs> I know, I have him on my back porch and he's still hollering. <laughs> uh, Which there was he's a, usually a very quiet rooster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a post in the Peas and Carrots, and I, I know this is, a lot of folks have talked about this. As a matter of fact, we did a whole podcast on uh, humane, certified humane eggs. And you were talking to us before we started recording about how often chickens lay eggs and whether they actually commit to the egg or not. Uh, right. Yeah. So you can, can you explain that whole process a little bit? Because I, I'm not sure that folks would necessarily understand that. Okay. Yeah. So um, with good intention um, within the vegan community, they don't want to support the egg industry. And I totally agree with that because um, some horrible things happen in the commercial egg industry. Agree. Mm -hmm. um, however, what people don't seem to understand is that these birds are going to lay an egg, whether there's a rooster, whether it can be fertilized. And the only, it's not a baby. There's, when that egg is laid, it is not a baby the only way that that egg can become a baby is for a hen to commit to set on it, which is called broody. They would have to go broody and they would have to set on that egg for at least 21 days straight. Most of your popular breeds these days that people buy at like, you know, the feed store or whatever, um, they're bred for egg production. They're not bred to be mothers. So most of them literally like they'll lay an egg and if you don't do anything with it, it's going to rot. You know, so um, I think people have a misconception that an egg has like a little baby chick in it, you know, and um, right. not that I'm supporting the egg industry, but I'm saying that there is absolutely 
you know, if you're like becoming a vegetarian or you're kind of on the fence about stuff, there are absolutely uh, farms out there these days that are completely humane. You know, I mean, roosters aren't being killed and stuff for the sake of the eggs and that kind of thing. And then, you know, certified humane is a newer concept, which you guys have talked about and I think is incredible. Um, and that's basically, you know, the birds are not kept in, in like a warehousing. The birds are actually like literally living in pastures and they have really good lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And, you know, and I, I certainly don't want to, if someone chooses just not to consume an, any sort of animal byproduct, you know, even honey for the, for the, uh, for, because they just don't want to do that. Certainly we're not saying, oh, you know, you need to do, you know, it's okay or whatever. It's everybody's got to make their own choice. But I completely appreciate you explaining that because I think one of the arguments that I've heard is, well, the, the chickens are still mistreated and it's absolutely not true. There's a lot of folks that raise their own chickens like you. And there's, uh, uh, like you said, some farms now that are certified humane. And we, we're going to link to our episode where we talk about the differences because I think it can be very confusing when you're talking cage free and all, you know, yes. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. It's not the same thing at all. In fact, you had mentioned that you actually, didn't you say you rescued some from that cage free type of environment where they only had like a very small space to. to yes. Yeah. I do quite often actually. So, um, and like I said, it goes back to me having to work with these people, but um, just to get the birds out of there. But when, when you go to a quote unquote, organic cage-free farm the only thing that makes them cage-free is the fact that they are not in battery cages which is back in the day which they don't really don't do it anymore but they would have like 10 hens in like a dog crate basically mm -hmm. you know like dog crate size space yeah. um the the standard used to be that as long as the birds could stretch their wings out and touch the tip of another bird's wings, they had enough space. Like that's mm -hmm. how poorly these birds were kept. Yeah. Um, however, the new standard for quote unquote organic cage free is basically a hundred foot by hundred foot warehouse type of, of cage. So they still never go outside. They don't get to do the vital things that they need to do like dust bathe or forage. Mm -hmm. Um, they're so crazy about the organic stuff that they, a lot of times they miss vital supplements and um, medications that they, you know, and so the health of them is usually really poor. And even when I've picked up organic quote unquote free range birds, the standard for the free range birds is that they have one open window in their warehouse and that they have a 12 foot by 12 foot space where they can go outside. So what happens though, is that, there's a pecking order, which is where that term comes from is chickens. Um, there's a pecking order with these birds. So you have to imagine that if there's a hundred birds or 200 birds, only five or six are going to get outside. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. So um, it's really like read your labels, but also know, like understand what the labels mean because I go into these farms on a weekly basis and see for myself how these birds are treated and the condition that they're in. And it's not good. Yeah. And just again, going back to the labels, they just, I think a lot of times are intentional to try to confuse people. So that way they think, Oh, I'm doing good. I'm getting cage free when it actually it's not the same as certified humane. 
So right. Yeah. Cert thing. Certified humane means that the birds have to be living outdoors in a free range pasture environment. Yeah. And Lindsay, I'm sorry, but I think I, I took us off track. Larissa just kind of nudged me to let me know that I had asked you after the break about uh, some of the chickens that you're currently raising. And I think we took a little side road. Oh, here. that's okay. <laughs> We'd love to hear about like some of the chickens that you currently have and uh, that you're raising. Okay. Well, we have, like I talked to, you know, talked to you about a minute ago was Bat Baby. We have Bat Baby. Mm -hmm. uh, Bat Baby is an orphan. And we call her that because we haven't named her yet. And my husband's obsessed with Batman. So, um, but she's <laughs> completely black. Everything on her is black except for her third toe on each foot, like oh. her comb and everything. Um, and then we have Lucy, who um, is our very first rescue. Her sister passed away about a year ago. That's actually a cute story. So <laughs> not cute that she passed away, but... Um, we lost her to a predator. She was an older bird. Aww. And when that happened, I had, <laughs> this is so silly, but I took one of her eggs out of my refrigerator and I put it in an incubator. And I incubated this refrigerated egg. And because of that, we have a rooster now named Ethel. Oh, wow. And that, that's awesome. That's so yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, he hatched and he hatched all by himself. And I was amazed that it even worked. And I just kind of literally made an incubator out of a of styrofoam cooler and, oh. <laughs> and with a, like a light bulb. And yeah, so we got him. So that's our rooster named Ethel. <laughs> um, and then we had a rooster who is very popular on our social media. And sadly, he passed away yesterday. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty tough on us, you know, because we do get really attached to these birds. Um, but he was a meat industry bird, a Cornish cross. And that's where you get your rotisserie chickens and everything. And these birds are genetically bred to reach slaughter rate, weight around seven or eight weeks old. Mm. So that's a huge growing pattern, right? So um, with that comes a lot of... Um, joint issues and upper respiratory issues and obviously cardiovascular issues. Um, so the fact that he lived to be almost a year old is incredible, but sadly he, um, he was, when we got him in, a girl had actually tried to save him and she didn't keep him like with restricted food and stuff, right? Like she was just trying to do the right thing and she didn't really know what to do. So when we got him, he was about seven months old and we've had him for about four months and he weighed 19 and a half pounds. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was, he was bigger than a turkey. It was, it was insane and he couldn't walk. So um, and didn't you say that was just about double what he should have been weighing? Yes. Yeah. A I mean, chicken, a healthy chicken would weigh what about 10, 11 pounds. Is that what you said? Well, no, not necessarily. Actually like your normal heritage breed birds and stuff, the roosters might weigh about eight or nine pounds uh -huh. and the hens five or six. So he oh, was like, okay. Oh wow. Massively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but with that being said, and we have videos on our YouTube and stuff of him, I'm going to make another video for him <laughs> kind of like to show what happened and how his life was and stuff. Um, he lost, he got down to 12 pounds. Wow. Oh, um, that's why I got it's amazing. It's amazing how you did that. Now, his name was Biscuit, right? 
Yeah, because he looked like a biscuit, like biscuits and gravy, because he was just so fat. <laughs> so, so we named him Biscuit. But so, so tell us how you how you got him down, because how you got his weight down is is really amazing. Oh yeah, so I made a sling, and I I would go out there, and I made it out. I cut two holes in a t-shirt to support his body weight, and he couldn't even walk when he got here. Um, and so I would go out there every day and I would get him to take like one step or two steps. And then I also did water therapy with him. So I would put him in the kids like play swimming pool and make him swim. And I would just hold him above the, you know, where he wouldn't drown, obviously. Right. Um, and I would hold him and I would make him kick his legs in the water. And after about a month, he started to walk. And by the end of it, he could run. Wow. 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 So there's a, so there's a place for you in the chicken water aerobics, um, uh, industry. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I incredible. get pretty inventive when like, when I get stuck in these situations with some of these birds, I come up with some crazy stuff to save them. Well, it's, it's very sad, but it's so awesome that you were able to give him at least some, some part of his life that he was able to live almost normal. Yes, thank you. And he did. He had girlfriends um, who were having a really hard time with this, which goes oh. back to the fact that chickens are not stupid. They actually do mourn the loss of friends oh. and stuff, and they're having a pretty hard time. Their names are um, Clarissa and Pirate. Oh. And uh, so they're kind of like just hanging out in the garden trying to figure out where he went. But, you know, I am glad that I got him to live as long as he did. So any other chickens that you think uh, that stand out personality wise? I'm sure they, they all have their own personalities. but Oh, yes, they, yes. We have Jingle Spurs Wayne. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and Jingle Spurs Wayne is a rooster, and he has something wrong with him. I'm not sure what, but he always turns his head to the right. And um, he has these massive spurs, which is um, basically, you know, the spiky things they have growing out of their leg. I'm sure you've seen on a rooster before. Right. So he's, he's got these big spurs. And he has this demeanor of this old cowboy who just doesn't care about anything. Like nothing scares him. <laughs> and he's, he walks around like John Wayne. And oh, he's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Wow. That's hilarious. And, and the best part is if you do spook him or he runs because his head turns to the right, he looks like the roadrunner from the old cartoons. <laughs> and his head goes completely back. Like oh. almost, it's like almost impossible that this bird's <laughs> head can go this far backward and he runs while he stares up at the sky and screams at me like anything <laughs> I scare him oh <laughs> and then of course you have chatty kathy yes chatty kathy um chatty kathy is a bird who was from a commercial farm she was there for this was an organic farm so quote unquote um, they do keep them a little bit longer than the other farms do. So she was about three when I got her. She came in with a shipment of about 65 other birds. Um, and she stood out from the get-go. Like, she talks to everybody about everything all day long. If I open my truck door, she jumps in the truck and goes with us. Um, you'll, see her, you'll see her on our social media. She rides with me to pick the kids up from school. Aww. She goes everywhere. She rides in the cart and goes to Dollar General. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, after our interview today, you mentioned that you are going off to Adoption Day. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, we started doing it last month. 
And this month we're doing it a little bit different, but we started doing like an open adoption day where people can come and pick birds out that they want. They can take, you know, adopt them from us. Mm -hmm. uh, we do contracts on adoptions to protect the birds. You know, obviously we don't want them to go to, you know, end up in somebody's soup pan or something. Right, right. Um, but this time we're doing it different where it was by appointment only that gives people a chance to like, because last month it was a little bit hectic and there was a lot of people at once. So this gives people a chance to like one-on-one -on -one meet the birds, but we do adoption days once a month and you can come out. It's $10 per bird. If you adopt hens and you like, if you're starting your own flock, we'll help you do that. And you don't have to pay for a rooster. You can just adopt the hens and we'll give you a rooster. Oh wow! All of, all of our birds are friendly. They're kid friendly. They're kid tolerance. Um, if we have anybody who is not like rooster wise, then, you know, those usually are adopted on different days. Like they're privately adopted because I have to make sure they have the right match. But yeah, so we, we do that. Um, it's a new thing we started, but it helps us out because I, as much as I love the birds, I cannot keep every bird that comes here. Right. Yeah, that would also be very difficult. Larissa and I give to, you know, like best friends and we give to our local shelters. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about possibly fostering, but we already have five rescue animals. Yeah, and I, right. I could totally see just keeping them all. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think, the, I think the thing with fostering with us is we couldn't, we couldn't just foster. We'd end up keeping them. So yeah. once we get once we get a bigger house and some more property, then yeah, okay. <laughs> I could definitely double the price. Right. At that point, but up until yeah. then, then we support monetarily. We'll support the the folks. In fact, we have a friend who has a, a local rescue that we support her as well when she gets new new. Uh, strays or, or right. surrender oh well i have the same problem i'm telling you like they some of these birds come in i'm like you are so cute and i'm like oh and you're cute too and you too and then my husband's like okay we cannot keep 170 birds like we can't do this yeah so and then you know now with the ducks too it's like it's i hate that i'm going to have to adopt the ducklings out but yeah. it's it's like there's 16 of them i cannot keep once they get bigger it's going right. to be a whole different ball game than them being babies you know yeah. so right well and you know speaking of support um i want to touch on quickly i'm kind of i'm on your website uh and i'm looking through your t-shirts and your mugs and the the things that you have for sale and I know that you mentioned that you design you're you're the designer correct yes yeah they're amazing um thank you there's some there's the cutest so there's a chicken chakras uh yes that is one of my most popular ones is the chicken chakra shirt <laughs> that's amazing and then there's I also see that there's biscuits garden yeah uh, and I think that one's especially poignant right now uh, and then I also like the one now I don't drink, um, but there's a, uh, drinking wine and petting chickens. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I drink a lot of the ladies I, I know on Instagram and stuff. They yeah. like, you know, they actually, uh, one of the other podcasts I was on, which is a farming podcast, but they're called we drink and we farm. And I was kind of inspired by them because nice. <laughs> those ladies are awesome. They're so cool, but they like, they basically are like starting new farms and they right. podcast about um, trying to like figure out how to be farmers. Right. <laughs> so and and you're cute. also, and you're also a certified yoga instructor. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Yeah. So I see the chickens in yoga uh, shirt and totes and everything. So, you know, this is such a great uh, way to support 
chickens matter is you know just to to go and shop on your site and there's so many products that uh, to choose from so I really hope that you know that's that's one way that our community could help support you for sure right and I also if you go through um, further back on the on the store um, I do um, custom hand painted stuff oh, and I have nice. examples of that so like I do pet portraits as well as well very nice I see that yes Cu uh, custom signs Cut. wow oh that's, that's amazing awesome. So we will have links to everywhere you can find Lindsay on, so we'll have chickensmatter.org and then I know you have a YouTube channel, Instagram, and are you on, you're on Facebook as well, right? We're on Facebook, yeah. Awesome. Well, Lindsay, it has been great having you on the show. And on behalf of, I think, anybody who cares at all about animals, I really want to thank you for your just selfless work in this area. I think uh, I certainly have learned a lot more about chickens and uh, I, I think it's just amazing what you do. It's incredible that you're able to do this for the animals. So thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for being part of our community. Thank you. No, thank you so much. You guys, I, I'm so grateful you had me on the show. And please hug all your chickens and roosters for us and ducklings. We will. I, I, I still hear Forrest Gump out there yelling at me. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll let you go check on him. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was such an amazing interview with with uh, Lindsay, and it was and so Forrest cool. Gump. And Forrest Gump, yeah, he definitely wanted to be part of the show, so that's why I made sure to put him in the in the intro so he that's could right. help me announce the show. <laughs> but it's such a great great work that she does, and even you know when we weren't recording, I just wanted to make sure to thank her and all the rescuers, mm -hmm. all the people that put themselves out there to go and and save the animals it's I mean, a hard job and i know it, it takes such a special person to be able to do that and um yeah we're very grateful for anyone who can do it quite it, honestly i i couldn't i i you yeah. know i i could help in other ways i think but just being on the front lines every day and doing that i just don't think i could do it yeah but i do think it's important that we provide support to those folks yes. that do and like i said if if it's chickensmatter.org or if it's looking for local rescues that go out there and put themselves out there it is very hard emotional work it's physical work and it's right. also emotional work so right. we greatly appreciate the folks that do this as we mentioned we will have all the links in the show notes so you can go out there and including her wish list mm -hmm. for things that she needs around the uh the farm i That's guess right. is what it farm rescue yeah. shelter farm <laughs> uh that would really help them a lot definitely all right i think that does it for this episode until next time peace out bye Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.